We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Yo, yo, yo. Good evening, everybody. Everybody out there that watches us. I hope y'all are doing well. I hope y'all are safe. Hope y'all are inside, staying warm. Uh, I am Charles Cole, and I am here with my brothers from the Eight Black Hands, and I will let them introduce themselves. Sharif, tell the people who you are and how you doing, boss. Hey, everybody. Great to be here. Sharif Mecki <laughs> from West Philadelphia. West is best. You know how it is. You know what I mean? Shout out to West Philly and all of its suburbs, North Philly, South Philly. East Philly, wherever. Shout out. <laughs> Good to see y'all. Great to be here. That's what's up. Uh, and Chris, how you doing, boss? Well, why does this show sound like our first one? Like, hey, uh, hi, everybody. I'm... <laughs> I am... I am Sharif el Mecky. My name see. is... My name, my name is... <laughs> first off, that song was a classic. Secondly, see, this is why I'm be wanting to host. You know what I'm saying? If you don't like how I'm hosting, good brother, you can take over. <laughs> I am C Straight. To the point. The beige and proud. <sighs> Have another good week. Listen, um... Uh, glad to be back on the show with y'all. Everybody can see our backgrounds are a little bit uh, similar. We have the eight black hands. We are in person, live in Minneapolis, uh, or some somewhere close to Minneapolis, we shall see. So uh, so I'm doing good. I'm, it's good to see you, brothers. Uh, good to break bread, have you in this town. And uh, I'm interested in the topic tonight. We have one person joining us. Uh, uh, we probably have two people joining us, but we have our, our guest. Uh, we're trying to get into the show. So, um, so we're well, on it. Well, no, well, our guest is here. So I got okay. some feedback from the last show. They said, we love y'all. I love listening to y'all. We want y'all to just jump in and get to the point. So damn it. Let's just go ahead and jump in. Chris, why don't you introduce our person and then we can just go ahead and rock this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce you to Lane Wright from Bright Beam, a uh, uh, essential part of the Bright Beam story, a good brother that uh, listens to us, has participated in different parts of our journey. And uh, I believe this is the first time we have never had Lane on before. Is that right? It this is, is right, Lane's sir. first time? I think that's this right. is right. That and is here right. he is. Yo, I got to work, work with my fro, bro. Like, you really yo, do. I, you really yo, do. I got to do the big blowout. The big blowout. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I learned? You know what I learned uh, this past week? I was on stage and Chris took a couple photos of me at this uh, conference. I like how I look from the front, but when I look at myself from the side in these pictures, I don't know, something's not quite right. I don't know if it's like the the shape exactly. You know what I'm talking about? When you like it's the boondocks. Like, Leave it alone. Press. I'm fro shaming myself. I gotta, you know, that's the last see I went to the barber a month ago. I'm never doing it again. See? Uh, well, you, what, you, do you usually cut your own hair? Is that what you? No, just, yeah, I'm just wild and free out in these streets, bro. And, oh. and, and Lane, if if you don't have any headphones or a headset, don't worry about it. But if you do, you should grab them. There's a little bit of a, a hollowness no. or echo, but it's all good. We'll, but you know, okay, we'll make I, I hear you, but I'm just worried about how those headphones might affect my fro. Hold on a sec. <laughs> <laughs> he's not trying to mess up the fro. Well, check this. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to throw shame myself at all. This fro is luscious, baby. I love these. So uh, I look good, damn it. I'm going to just go with that. Uh, but uh, no, so I'll just set up what we're talking about. Uh, so what we're talking about today, uh, we want to talk about religion and religion and education, and whether that's in parochial schools or just how faith is leading folks in education. Now, we know that everybody out there is not, quote unquote, religious or spiritual or, or, or may not subscribe to nothing. And that's fine. Uh, we want to have an open, honest conversation uh, and just go to a place that we've kind of never went before. So um, so now that we have Lane here, can you Lane, can you just say a little bit about who you are and what you do before we start asking you a bunch of questions and jumping into the interview? Yeah, uh, sure. All right. So um, as Chris said, I work for Brightbeam. My title is the director of strategic growth. But really, that just means I work with our funders and I work with uh ways to help us, you know, stay alive, sustainability with uh, financial means here at Brightbeam. Um, 
outside of work, um, and, and maybe I guess I guess maybe in the context of work, but backing up a little bit in my history, I was a journalist for a few years on TV in Richmond, Virginia, then West Palm Beach. Then I transitioned into uh, I didn't have that fro back then, by the way. Then I, I transitioned into um, politics and started working. I got a job then for the governor, Governor Rick Scott of Florida back in 2011. I worked for his administration for a few years and then I moved into the education world. So I've been doing education related stuff for nonprofits like Students First and TNTP since 2013. And then outside of work, uh, I'm a graduate of Brigham Young University, um, very devout member of my faith, uh, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, I'm born and raised in it, essentially. Uh, what else? I don't know. That's probably that's probably good, right, um, for this discussion. you have any questions? I'll answer for me. This is a good place to start, though, okay. because it, it, it is germane to this show. Yeah. So that people know how did we come to this? And even Charles was asking earlier, <laughs> man, uh, <laughs> sure how, was. Did come, <laughs> how did we come to the frame of this show? And uh, and it starts. So la- so last week, uh, several of us were in Orlando, Florida, and Ray, who's not on yet. Ray Ankrum, our brother here, walked <laughs> into cool a conversation. This is a, yeah, who uh, his government name. Uh, Ray walked into a conversation that Lane and I were having. And Lane and I have these conversations from time to time. And it was a faith based conversation that we were having. And um, and it hit me. It hit Ray. It hit Lane and others that faith does drive some of the work that we do. Many of us have a secret life of faith that people don't really know about that actually drives the work that we do. But there was this one topic that started it all. And it was when Lane said that he thinks that the Constitution of the United States was divinely inspired. And that opened up all kinds of theological, political, educational. uh, Boy, it went many directions from there. And Ray said, well, that should be a show. We should talk about that. And here we are without Ray. By the way, I just want to point it out. Here we are. Yep. And Ray, Ray, Ray is in roots as we are all off site right now. But Chris, I think you set it up really well. I'm going to let you keep going. Uh, I mean, go ahead and get into that question, man. Like, so we can get this combo happening because I don't know how. Lane, I like you a lot, brother. And I hope you still like me after this show. I'm going to be just <laughs> <laughs> the Constitution, bro. The con- So go ahead. Uh, yeah. I'm going to let you yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely uh, want to so hear more like, about that. Like, what was you know? I mean, we can start uh, here. Okay. I mean, he just dropped a bomb. Um, so, <laughs> you know, so let's just start picking up the bomb. Like, I can't even remember like how we got there exactly, but I remember saying that, making that statement that yes, I believe the Constitution is inspired by God. And then Chris about the Constitution of the United States, right? Of these yes, United States. All right, got <laughs> it. I'm just trying to double check. You know, well, you know, since we're defining terms, uh, let me say, when I say the Constitution, I'm talking about the Constitution and the, the Bill of Rights, like the first 10 amendments to the Constitution, which were ratified like within what? Like, shortly after the Constitution. So by the same people, effectively, right? I, I don't know. I'm not a constitutional scholar. Just want to make that clear up front. I, but I do know a little bit. So, um, yeah, so I guess you, you guys, do you have a question? Do you want, do you want me to just my, what, what's the first question? Can you hit me? Well, first question is just jump in. Like, you know, talk, can you tease that out a little bit more as far as, you know, divinely inspired, you know, like what, you know, like yeah, okay, there's yeah. revelation, there's inspiration there, you know, this falls into the inspiration. You're not saying it was, re- you know, it was a revelation, right? So, you no. know. Uh, yeah. Okay, good. How That's is good. it inspired? Uh, who were the inspired? Who were who were the inspired? You know, all of that. Just yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, let me preface this by saying that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, we have a foundation of our faith that rests on the Bible, the Old and New Testament, um, as well as other books of Scripture that are not accepted by like anybody else, obviously. So that includes. A book you may have heard of called the Book of Mormon. It also includes a book called Doctrine and Covenants, which was which was revelation, by the way, that book of Doctrine and Covenants. We view that as revelation from God to prophets in in the 1800s, particularly Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. Um, And there's a couple others that have a bit of it, but it's mostly the writings of Joseph Smith as he received them from God. So. 
That's our belief. I don't expect you all to believe that. That's fine. But that's where I'm coming from. And in that book of Revelation, in Doctrine and Covenants, section 101, verse 76 through 80. I'm not going to read it all, but I'll read the relevant. Uh He's pulling out the numbers on y'all. So this is where it comes from. Is that Literally, uh, God himself has said that he inspired that work, that constitution. So I'm going to, I'm just going to read it and then we can go from there. Okay. So it says, and again, I say unto you, those that have been scattered by their enemies, I'm not going to give you all the church history, but the church in the early history of, of my church after like Joseph Smith had founded it, um, had been persecuted and scattered and people have been pushed from place to place. So anyway, this revelation come up and it says, uh, those who have been scattered by their enemies, it is my will that they should continue to import or importune, excuse me, for redress and redemption by the hands of those who are placed as rulers and are in authority for you, according to the laws and constitution of the people, which I have suffered to be established and should be maintained for the rights and protection of all flesh, according to just and holy principles. Therefore, hold on. Therefore, it is not right that any man should be in bondage to one another. And for this purpose, I have established the constitution of the land by the hands of wise men whom I have raised up unto this very purpose and redeemed the land by the shedding of blood. That's the scripture. That's where this idea. So if you ask anybody that's somewhat knowledgeable in my faith um, about the constitution, they'll probably say it was inspired of God. I mean, unless, I mean, not everybody has the same opinion, but that's that scripture is sort of the basis for this uh, belief within our faith that the that the Constitution of the United States is inspired of God. Now, mm-hmm. what does inspired mean? Um, inspired to me means God had a hand in making it happen. Like He influenced its creation. Um, he inspired the men to have ideas that were unusual for the time and and bold and out of place in the context of the world, right? I mean, think about think about the fact that for, oh, I don't know. I mean, challenge me if you know better here, but mm-hmm. at least 1,500 years, roughly, um, there all, all the governments of the world were ruled by kings or tyrants. I mean, there, there was no government for the people, by the people. There was no republic that I'm aware of. Now, again, I'm not like a historical scholar either here, but, um, but you know, Rome, the Republic in Rome failed close to right before Jesus Christ was born. Right. So, I mean, in all that time, there was nothing like this kind of document. And yeah, I, be- I believe that God had a hand in it. So that's, I guess that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's helpful also to say like what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the constitution, I don't mean, ins- when I say inspired, I don't mean that it is perfect. I don't mean that it is, um, oh, I don't know, like scripture. It's not scripture, right? Um, I, ju- I just believe it's a document that was um, inspired by God, that it was uh, influenced mm-hmm. by God. Yeah. So when Ray walked into the conversation, so Lane had said that, I mean, it kind of floored me because I was like, wow. Um, so a couple of things happened at once when I heard that. One, the fir- very first thing is, if you really believe that, and I believe what I believe, we are living in two very different countries in a way, because uh, I now understand more that like the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, for some people, it's, it's an article of faith almost for them. And it's so not that for me. It has never been that for me. Looking at it realistically and practically, it is the document that created a structure of which we are still trying to change and amend today. And I don't think it's so in in my scripture and in my faith, thinking through uh, God doesn't make mistakes for one. So you don't have to amend things that God inspires, right? You amend things that uh, that God did not inspire because God is is inerrant and perfect uh, um, in what he does. But I said to Lane, as we were discussing this, and, and I, I promise this will have import. This will make sense for stuff that we talk about all the time. But let's stay in the philosophy for a second. Um, wouldn't it be smart if you really believe, think about any of your faith, do you believe in an evil force? Do you believe in the accuser? Do you believe in powers and principalities over man that make us do things that we're not supposed to be doing, right? And and do you believe in, in Satan as, an, as a material entity that can do things in the world? Because if you do, wouldn't it be smart for that entity if he wanted to mess up 
what was good about God by making us conflate the kingdom of God with earthly kingdoms and to show partiality for one kingdom over another on earth to say that uh, uh, God really is with America, but isn't with the other nations in some way, shape or form. Wouldn't it be smart of the grand accuser, the great evil force of the world, if he wanted to trip up man and get him to not keep his eye focused on the kingdom of God, but to tell him conflate it with nationalism, conflate it with earthly documents, earthly kingdoms. Uh, and, and you have to actually, you have to think about if I think that way, and there's another person who, who believes that our flag is sacred, that our constitution is sacred, that it's inspired by God. If they're believing that and I'm believing this thing that I'm thinking and we're sharing the same country, no wonder we're having so many disagreements. No matter, no, no wonder when Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, people freak out about what that means to the flag. And I'm thinking, now the flag is cloth. Last time I checked, we're not supposed to have any graven Im- images. We're not supposed to put anything above God or the Lord or have graven images or any of these things. But y'all went after that dude like he was in church calling the priest a hoe. Right. Like like y'all went after him like he was violating something very sacred. And I just never understood it. Wait, just I just want to clarify. When you say y'all are going, y'all went after him. All people went after him. No, no, no. I just mean everybody went after him. Like he, he uh, caught hell nationally. Okay, I, I'm just wanting to make yeah, sure yeah. That that's not being directed at me because I don't take no, that. No. I've never been that guy that's been after Kong. No, no, no. He caught yeah, hell. I mean, you good. saw him. Yeah. You saw him catch hell nationally. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Probably, you know, I can't believe you would disgrace the flag that way or you yeah. would do it during the national anthem or whatever. And it's, it hit me like, wow, this really is a faith to you guys. This isn't a this isn't a. Uh, like now, I get why they're so you know, freaked out on my, on my side. Yeah, I, I feel yeah, like we're ahead. conflating a few things. So, like, go ahead. So, so Tell maybe conflating, brother. Well, okay, so for some, I believe that it is true that it may be a faith, right? For them, uh, that this country is uh, divinely ordained, and that because it is such that you cannot go against it, you cannot speak against this country. I guess that's that's the point you're making, right? That there are some people that have that attitude. Yes. That fair? Well, that their reaction would be the same as if I they they react the same way I would react if I thought someone was offending God. Yeah. So I just want to be clear that I do not fall in that camp when I say that the Constitution was inspired. That I that does not mean that I am in that camp of people, which I agree with you exists that would uh, would react that way over the flag or somebody protesting in this country like Colin did. I totally, so in fact, in fact, I actually think that the people that are protesting uh, or that did over Colin Kaepernick's, uh, his protest, um, that they don't understand what this country is about. Like the whole point of this country, well, not the whole point, but like one significant principle of this country is that everyone has the freedom to say and speak their mind to peacefully protest. I mean, that is like at the heart of what, we are supposed to believe about this country, I think. And so those that got offended and like freaked out over his kneeling and yeah, I I agree. That was totally off base, but I just don't want to be conflated into that group. That's I'm just making sure that's clear. I hear you. I wouldn't want to be either. So I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm glad you, you cleared it up, but what does it say about, Faith drives our different lives. I believe that everybody on this podcast for sure is a person of faith in their own regard. However, however they see it, they still are a person of faith in their own regard. How is it that we share a country, share a nation, share politics, share institutions with each other if we have such wildly different ideas that aren't just ideas? They're actually driven by something we believe that's higher than ourselves and they're in conflict with each other. I mean, I've done a lot of talking. I, I want to. I don't want to take over. <laughs> oh, that question was absolutely for you. That was. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. oh, no, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait. It, it could be for you. Let's make it for Charles, just because of that response. Yeah, let's make I, it. I, make it for oh, Charles. I, I, ask it again, sir. Make it for me, then, brother. Please. How are we supposed to share if if we have these wildly different ideas about? Uh, the world, about the institutions that we share, about the country, 
how is it that we're supposed to be able to live together and, and work together in this country? If these aren't just ideas, they, they come from some like our, our most intimate thoughts about our place in the universe and God. Right. I mean, we see this very different. I mean, and I say I'm a Baptist. Um, uh, oh, don't give me the full screen, but uh, I'm a Baptist. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a bit of a heathen, but I work on it. You know what I'm saying? I try to be a better, a better Christian. I believe that Christ died on the cross and rose for me three days later. But, you know, uh, trying to be better at that. I think that when you but I also think that there's a there there's a reason that they created a, a, a separation or a supposed separation between church and state, because whoever's in power, I might not be of the same religious cloth that they from. And I don't want. If it's a public entity, I shouldn't have to necessarily follow that piece. I think that's what parochial school is for, uh, which ironically has a lot of kids. Catholic school has got a lot of kids in it that ain't Catholic. I think that there I've lived in places where people had different beliefs. I think that, listen, man, Sunday is still the most segregated day in the country in this in this here country with that constitution that Lane said was ordained or uh, not ordained by God. He said it was inspired by God or whatever. Um, so I think that you just got to let people kind of live and let live. And like, as long as they, their beliefs are not encroaching on my safety or what I'm trying to do, or you not pushing certain things into the, my, my kids' heads or whatnot, uh, I, I think we can be fine. But there's always been differences of opinion. But I'm still just struggling with the initial opening because these were white dudes that did not consider me to be a full man on either side of this thing, right? A Republican or the Democrat, a piece of that. I am not, there is no way I can say that with the God that I know, the loving God or whatnot, the ones that free, you know, the folks out of Egypt or whatever. I can't, that's just not, I think these are unjust laws. And I think that there's a moral obligation to somewhat uh, disobey these laws. And if you go and listen to real King, not, not the King that white people made, but the real King that was really preaching and really talking about breaking down these economic barriers for all these races and stuff. Um, he was speaking so much truth that it all, that it got him killed. So um, I think you got to let people believe what they believe. I don't want certain things encroaching on me. And once you let it happen for one, this is the thing about rules. When you make a rule, you have to be aware of what happens when the, when the, when the, when the rabbit got the gun, right? So if you make rules that say that Christians or whatever can set policy in schools, well, maybe one day there's going to be uh, somebody from the church, you know, from the satanic church that's in power. And then they want to inflict those things on people. So I do think that that separation is really important. And I think that your faith lives in your heart and in your actions and stuff like that. So I don't know how well I answered the question, but I'm just being honest with how I see it. And I'm still processing the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I agree with all that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, particularly in a, in a country that has so many different um, folks from so many different backgrounds, I think, you know, I think that's part of the challenge, uh, uh, Chris, that you lay out, like, how do we, you know, agree on something, you know, because some folks, you know, would say, the Constitution was created by ungodly men and who knows what they were inspired by, you know, um, their outlook and, you know, what mm-hmm. they believed in. Um, some folks, you know, if you look at the history of this country, it's almost like the only true religion is white supremacy. Like that's the one that really unites people. You know, it's like, you know, united and in, in racism are these states, you know, um, and and racism and backlash. Do we stand up like all the things that we we think about, you know, um, and particularly those, the, the people and doesn't mean, you know, and I, and I, you know, the idea of inspiration, because if you, you know, the way inspiration is like a hard word for me to, to use, to apply to it Mm. because your inspiration, um, can come from anywhere and anything. Um, and there are plenty of people who, do crazy stuff and say, well, I was inspired by God, right? Like that's, you know, that's a a thing that people, you know, people can say or people can do. Um, And I think we have so many different beliefs um, in this country as in many places. And I agree with with, uh, Cole, like, you know, like there are, there are folks who will use that to persecute you um, in different ways. Like, and we've seen that, we've seen that recently, you know, Um, um, you know, not, it wasn't that far, you know, that far off, um, you know, but the the other thing, just the, the idea of inspiration. So, like, what does it mean? Because you can have a you can have a an act, um, and you're doing something. You can say, like, you know, it's 
it's inspired by um you know i i understand that but also it's like you know in islam we have this like there's a you know something that's decreed and then there's something that's free will like where does that go you know like and where on that continuum what did your action where they derive from you know and i think sometimes you know it's easy to say well Ain't my fault, you know, like, hey, God ordained it. So this is this is what happened or was inspired or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then there's also like the free will. So I think it gets really complicated, you know, without having a deep theological uh, you know, discussion here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I'm struggling with, you know, the idea of a, of a constitution of, you know, the genocide that happened, the, you know, the uh, from this document for it to be ascribed to like inspiration. You know, when I'm thinking inspiration, I'm thinking about the purest of thoughts purest of actions, purest of love and all of these kind of things, right? Um, and I just struggle mm-hmm. to see that as the mindset of the crafters. Uh, you know, I call them the founding frauds, you know what I mean? So I'm just like, yeah, they may have, they may have had a religion, but I can't imagine them being, you know, having pure intentions. So um, I'm not saying, when I say that the Constitution is inspired of God, I'm not saying that the the men were perfect and pure. Right. Just to be clear, I'm not. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. But we're not perfect people. and pure. I'm like, well, right. I'm so nope. far from those terms and from those adjectives when I'm like, yeah, and, and Lane, and Lane, we're gonna let you finish, but you with the eight black hands. So this is part of the thing, brother. But yeah, <laughs> nobody is perfect and pure. What Sharif might be saying, I, I'll, I'll say it because maybe Sharif did not say this. I'll speak for me. Them cats was evil, bruh. Like them people, I see them people as evil that saw me and the people that look like me as subhuman. Yeah. I will not, I you see what I'm saying? Like I am struggling to give them, like, look, man, I I I do enjoy America and 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 she got a whole bunch of warts, and I, I'm not leaving. You know what I'm saying? I might go visit and come back. I get that part. But to give them, I, I just I can't give them that type of bail, is all I was <laughs> what I'm saying. I'll let Sharif speak for herself. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Lane, but. Welcome to the A Black Hands, brother. No, it's, all, it's all good. All right, so I hear you. Um, look, I don't, I don't judge people uh, from past by standards of today too much. I try not to do that too much because I wasn't there. I, I mean, I'm not saying it was right. I'm not. And people, even in that time, have challenged slavery as a thing in this country. Um, but anyway, it was a different time. So I'm not saying it was good. I'm not justifying any of it. I'm just saying, like, I'm careful about judging uh, people, figures of the past by by my standards today or our cultural norms of today. But yes, but looking at our norms today, absolutely. They would all qualify as pretty evil in that regard. Like, but can, as a Christian man, I, I also recognize that there, you know, we are... <laughs> We are to reserve, we are to judge righteously. I think that's the way to say it, right? Like, these men are dead. We, we got our own problems right now living to deal with, and that's fine. We can do that. Uh, to litigate, like, the the value of them as men, like, I, I don't know, we can, but I don't really understand, like, what benefit that gets us. I, I will say is, I will say I'm not necessarily litigating them as men because they live their life. They are. But I can yeah. I, I can call into question their thinking. I can call into question their doctrine. And this conversation that we started sure. with is about the origins of said doctrine. And if that origins of said doctrine said is something in holy and in scripture, then now I have to indict who they are in that moment so I can mm-hmm. indict yeah. the, the, the thoughts that they have. Inspired does not mean scripture. Like I said at the beginning, I am not talking about scripture. I'm saying it was in. Right. Okay, let me give you an example. This is the one I gave to Chris earlier, uh, like uh, like earlier last week. I was talking about things like the printing press, right? Mm-hmm. The Gutenberg printing press, which I believe was an inspired invention, right? Was it a perfect invention? No, I mean, look what we got today, right? I mean, and even whatever we're going to have in the future. But it was inspired, I think, because it was a like a burst of creative uh, accomplishment that allowed the Bible to be printed and distributed to the masses for the first time. And, and that was a big accomplishment. I, you know, I don't have evidence. I can't tell you, like, I have evidence that it was inspired by God. I mean, that's just my opinion that it was inspired. I get what you're saying. I, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is I think uh, you can take a lot of things that 
that are good. I think, and I know I've heard your arguments and I'll get to that in a second, but, but like, I think the constitution constitution is good. It's set up a good system of government. And even though, yes, like Lincoln, for example, right. He didn't, he didn't cite the constitution as like, Oh, we need to free black people because the constitution said so. He thought the constitution was an impediment to freeing black people. If you, I actually had to look this up. I didn't know it until tonight, but he, um, he used it because of military convenience. People, people say that he broke the constitution to be able to emancipate slaves. He saw the, the constitution as protecting the rights of states to keep slaves. So in, you know, I get it. I get that there's like this idea that it, it was a bad document, but it, what I'm taking out of it is a couple things going back to this idea of like, I think, Chris, you mentioned it. I think Sharif, you've now mentioned it too. This idea that if if men could use a document for such evil, then how could that document be inspired? Is that a fair? Is that a fair like kind of really short synopsis of like some of your argument? I you know uh, they used it for evil, like right? That I mean, I tremendous evil. No, no, that's not no, what you're no, saying. No, All right, no, 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 well, any a, document could be used for that, but I'm also thinking yeah. about the mindset of the people, right? Like, cause they're, you know, if moving away from the, the, you know, the document itself, it's like these well, men were inspired to do I, something. I mean, I said the document was inspired. Yeah, I mean, but it, it was crafted, right? Like one of yeah. those Disney oh, pens okay. that just did it. Like they were- you're, you're distinguishing them, right? Aren't you right now? You're saying, well, let's talk about the men and not the document. I'm saying I'm talking about- I'm saying both. Okay. I'm, I'm saying the okay. both. Like his, the, the men's, uh, like they crafted something on their worldview. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it was you a know, godly document. I think they crafted something on their worldview. Like, hey, how do we advance our personal, selfish, you know, uh, singularity as far as like what we believe is godly white men with land and money. Right. Like like that's what that was the the uh, the genesis of it. You know, if. And Sharif, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe all the major religions have a version of the devil and, a, and an accuser, a grand accuser who's at war with God at all times. Mm-hmm. And I, it's funny that as people of faith, we rarely talk about that entity because I feel like it feels it's the superstitious part. People start thinking it's not superstitious to talk about God and angels and others, but to talk about this grand accuser. I bring it up here just to say this is, uh, yeah. Is the devil a liar? Is the devil truthful? Is the devil a thing? Have you read about the devil and the psychology of the devil and what the devil does to divide the world into pieces and apportions so that there is conflict and tension and disproportionality and inequality and inequity? Because those are all the fruit of the devil. The fruit of the spirit is, you know, I don't have to remind you guys of what the fruits of the spirits are. But if we had to say, like, let's let's do this theologically and also let's do it logically. If you were to ask yourself from the beginning till now about a million different stories that formed America, does this have the devil's fingerprint on it or does it have God's fingerprint on it? Because you know what God's fingerprint is, right? It's love and it's perfection and it's joy and it's uniting and it's bringing people together and it's creating one humanity and, and one group of people that can live the fruits of the Lord uh, uh, equally and share in them. So a, a document that calls a group of people three-fifths of a human, does that have the fingerprint of the God or does it have the fingerprint of the devil on it? If you look at cases like the Dred Scott case and the Reese Taylor case and just, you know, case by case, just go year by year and just, you know, Shay's Rebellion and just think about all these different things. Fingerprint of the devil or fingerprint of of uh, of God on it. When you talk about a country whose number one and number two export to the world are porn and military weapons, does that have the fingerprint of God on it or does that have the fingerprint of Satan on it? When you talk about a country that tracked a whole group of people trying to make Dr. King, for instance, when the FBI tried to make him kill himself, the official government of the United States attempting to make him commit suicide by harassing him privately, does it have the fingerprint of God on it? Is that Jesus? Is that the Lord? That is it his fingerprint? Whose fingerprint is on us assassinating democratically elected officials in other parts of the world as we're saying we're exporting democracy, right? As we say, we're like a great exporter of democracy. We only give aid to people 
who um, who can serve a military purpose to us uh, for us. The only thing that's sacrosanct in all of our budgets is military and weapons and bombs and tanks. Right. Whose fingerprint? If you are a, the- a theological person that does have a God in your theology and a great enemy of a God in your theology, you have to keep asking yourself questions like these. Like all of these court cases, all of these ways in which the government has acted in our lifetime, all of the racism, the segregation, the splitting people up into races and into categories and treating them differently in those races and in those categories. And then asking those same people who you have done that to for years all around the globe to see you as holy, to see you as exalted, exceptional, who but a non-God would want to be treated and exalted that way when they are so imperfect and so damaging to humanity. Hmm. I guess, I guess the challenge I'm having here is based on, well, let me, let me kind of repeat back to you what a, a synopsis of what I think. Do right, it. Okay. <laughs> I dare you. Cause I don't know that I can do it, but I mean, I'm going to be You're basically saying, if the if the Constitution, the founding like document of our country that literally founded our country is founded on, if that was inspired by God, you would expect it to have God's fingerprints on it. And you would expect the fruits of the spirit to abound in this country over the last 200 some odd years. And instead, what we see are terrible things that look like they've got the devil's fingerprint on it, basically. Yeah. So, like, how could it be of God? How could that constitution be of God? Yeah. And just quickly to insert here, I have to like be honest about like one of my beliefs. My beliefs are that no nations are favored by God, that nations and nationalities are ways in which the the great accuser has split the world into pieces. The world is whole and the world will be whole again one day. Mm -hmm. The, The world will be made whole. So everything that divides the whole world to me is a sign that is actually not of God. Yeah, go okay. ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's good. No, well, I'm glad you brought that up because I also believe that God is no respecter of persons, and I don't think that He favors one nation over another simply because they're that nation or not that nation. I think He favors those who keep His commandments and love Him, and strive to keep His commandments. And mm-hmm. as a people, as people do that together, I think He blesses groups of people that try to do that too. Right. And, fa- and it blesses, favors, I don't know, whatever word you want to use for that. But I think that's how he I think that's how he works. There's evidence that that's how he works. But um, but to answer your question, I don't think that. Well, let me let me say it this way. God gives men agency, mankind. He gives all of us the right to choose mm-hmm. what we do mm-hmm. and how we do it. And. I would never expect even a document that is inspired that all men would behave well just because God said so. Or God, look, again, I'm not even taking the scripture, but we could take it to scripture. Let's go with the Bible for a second, because I'm sure you would agree that the Bible is inspired. Is anybody like Sharif? I know that's not your faith. Uh, actually, I don't know. I mean, we all got that. We all got that Old Testament, baby. All right, so we all, at least, the Old <laughs> Testament, but some of us here, the New Testament, also. I'm New Testament. All, would everybody yeah. agree it's an inspired? Yes. Work? Okay. No. I would say you know, you're not. You're saying the Bible is not inspired of God. Is that what you're saying? Bible. <laughs> so uh, evangelicals believe that the Bible is the inerrant Word of God. That's inspired. Inspired would be a level down. Okay. Okay. We we agree, yeah. Chris, is what he said. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah, we'll I agree yeah. with Chris said. Yeah. I'm inspired by God actually really does take it a level down, but sure. Okay. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a biopic now. Either. Do it that way. I got you. Yeah. 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 It's it's same with the Quran. Like it's, right? it's revealed that we believe is revealed as the Word of God. Not. Yeah, I believe. I believe that this other thing. That's what I started off talking about. Like you know, it's hard to have this conversation without jumping into theology, right? Like this is what the show maybe come but like you know well, make it happen like, do it so this uh you know for us there's a difference between revelation and inspiration agree revelation and and we believe in and in, in muslims we believe in in uh that there were other revelations that there's you know it's the injil it's the torah 
you know, it's the Quran, there's the Psalms, like that we believe that there were other uh, texts that were, you know, given, you know, from God to the people to help guide, um, you know, the work. And then there's inspiration, which can happen to people and anyone. But any of the times that I've heard about inspiration was actually people who are trying to, you know, from not, not, I'm not talking about like, does anybody say, oh yeah, I'm inspired. But like when we look at different works and like, you know, it's like in Arabic is wahi. And wahi is like you know, inspired to do good deeds, good work. And it's hard for me to just wrap my mind around good work and saying, I'm going to slaughter you all. And I'm going to, well, I'm going to slaughter you all differently, but first you got to, you know, till the soil and then slaughter you. Right. And so it's hard for me to look at that as a, as a part of a wahi um, or inspiration, you know, and I think that's where, um, you know, where I'm stuck. Um, and then also, uh, and I want to point out, and Ross also brought this up, I was trying to say this earlier, the idea that you, we can judge the founding frauds by people of their own time. I don't have to use something that was written today to, I can look at their own words and the words of their opposition to think about like, okay, this is how they can be, um, how they can be judged. Um, and so that's part, and I, we can judge them also, you know, I mean, like by their own religion as well. So there are different ways to judge them as far as like, without saying like, oh, this is hundreds of years, uh, you know, uh, later. I think another piece that's, that's absolutely so important to think of when we're talking about uh, looking at people and, and looking at them from a historical lens yeah. We can't separate what is their legacy. What is like what happened because of what are the all the um, impact? And, and Chris named like 10 of them. And he could have gone on for, you know, um, you know, multiply that by 10 or 20 or 30. Right. Like uh, there's so many things that are direct legacy of this inspired text that is hard for me to, you know, um, reconcile that. Yeah. yeah. And in all of our faith, isn't there like a consideration in our faith of original sin? And we do judge the characters of the past to learn and lessons for them and their deficiencies and their downfalls, you know, even sure. within our faith. So, yes, we do judge them, you know, uh, okay. uh, for what they did in different ways. Right. And they're um, and, and they're the founding frauds. Their original sin was is racism. I mean, this anti-blackness is anti-Native American is anti-poor. It is like they have an original sin. Right. Like and it is it is germane to how they crafted this document. The creation of whiteness. The creation of whiteness is a huge sin in the United States. Whiteness didn't exist. Whiteness wasn't a thing. Whiteness is property and as a status. And as a top status above all others, and as a legal status, and as a status within uh, organization, institution, law, commerce, education, every system, that didn't exist. It was a very, who would invent that? Would God invent that? Would God say, I'm going to invent a way to create a group of people that will be superior to all others, and then I'm going to make sure that it is encased in law and in trade and in every, uh, every area of life activity. It doesn't feel like something God would do. I mean, white Jesus would. I mean, I'm sorry, <laughs> so just for the people out there, so all four of us that's on this on right now, all four of us have a different religion. So just for the people out there keeping score, uh, Chris, you came up Catholic, right? Catholic and then Lutheran now. So Catholic and Lutheran, Lane is, is, is Mormon, uh, uh, Sharif is is Muslim and I'm Baptist. So what? So let's. T- <laughs> I believe in, in the in the in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like those are the things that I believe in. And I appreciate what you did, say, Lane. I appreciate you pushing around. You know this notion of ethnocentricity, ethnocentricity, right? Like judging people by today's standards. But I agree with what Sharif was saying around. No, no, there were people right then in that moment, kind of pushing them. Mm-hmm. And I say this as a poli sci nerd. I was a poli sci major, like. You know, John Locke and Thomas Hobbes, like I used to read those debates for fun. You know what I mean? So we we haven't really talked about schools and students and how this kind of plays mm-hmm. in. But I think we had a good I think the conversation has been good because 
we had to get to this foundational piece to even touch on that piece or whatever. Well, yeah. Well, can I before we get to the school zone? Can I well, get to that one point real quick? You, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go you, ahead. you go right. You go right ahead, brother. You are the guest. So I just didn't want you to transition, and then I have to like go back and stuff. But let, let me just say, I I agree with you. I'm actually I'm changing my opinion on the idea of what I said earlier about um, judging people in the past. You're right, Chris. You know, we we do that in all of our faiths that we look at these historical examples in scripture and in other places is like. Yeah, they were wicked and we should learn from their wickedness and like these were righteous and we should learn from their righteousness. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, let me I just I guess the point I want to make here is you talked about a lot of bad things that this country has produced. Right. The fruits that this country has produced. There are good things, too. And I don't have like a long list. I didn't like have a ton of time to like Google a bunch of other of the things that I could say. But I, I can tell you this. I don't think there's another country that exports Christianity, and I know that's just one element of religion, and not everybody hears about that, and that's not maybe not even a good thing for every other religion. But if from a Christian perspective, right, if you believe in Christ, then that is a pretty major thing that this country has done. Like this country, at least uh, the latest numbers, we have the the highest number of Christians in the whole world, like as a country. Of course, we're a pretty big country in terms of people, but even by percentage, we rank fifth place in terms of the percentage of our country that is Christian and not just Christian. And if you take it of those that believe in God, and I know there's been declines in like religiosity over the years, and that's an issue. And I'm concerned about that for other other topics for another day, I guess. But um, but the fact that this country was the one that has allowed religion the freedom to worship God, however you choose, is, I think, central to God's plan. And not just not just that, which is significant, I think. So, Chris, you talked about, like, our big, biggest exports are porn and war. Okay, I'm not trying to argue that. But we also are the biggest exporter of Christianity and the biggest exporter of the Constitution. And not just, like, killing... Uh, killing people, <laughs> leaders that don't agree with us. I mean, I'm not arguing that that happened, but I'm saying is that we in 1785 or three or whatever that year was exactly that the constitution was ratified. It was the first written constitution in history. The first time a constitution okay. in history, this. as far I, as I, I know, and then from, hold on, let me finish my thought real quick. And then yeah, from there, every country over the last 200 years, this constitution has endured and for over those 200 years, nearly every country in the world, if you go check the stats, like nearly every country in the world has adopted a constitution. And most of them are attempting at democracy. Many don't get it quite right, but they attempt at it to give people a voice in their government. Like those two oh, things okay. are significant to me and they are fruits of this country and this constitution. This is where I think it's important where Charles was going to, where he was going to yeah. transition us to talk about education in the schools. Mm -hmm. This is why it's so important. I do not want my kids learning anything that you just said to be considered fact. I do not mind somebody else having their kids believe what you just said is the story of this country. I literally do not want my children to even come close to learning that as the official story of what we are and what we do, because there is a rebuttal point to all of those. We are not the number one exporter of Christianity. We are the number one exporter of war, which is in an antithesis to Christianity. We do a very good job of marketing, uh, even to our own people here locally and domestically with very high minded and high sounding uh, things about democracy. We're not a democracy. Democracy. I know we're a republic. And, and, I understand that. And even 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 if we were though not structurally a republic, structurally a democracy, it does not work in a democratic way. We are a country where there are still white people who run everything: the Senate, the Congress, most every single governor's house, the presidency, all of business, all of labor, and they do it in a way in which you can do things like make it illegal to give water to people in line to vote, to shut down voting booths so that people in entire swaths of people of color, entire counties only have a few places to vote, but in all the white counties, everybody can get there and get it done quickly or whatnot. That is not a, a country that cares about democracy. That is not a country that cares about Christ. 
or cares about Jesus. How do we rank on health care? How do we rank on on treating people uh, equally within our court systems? How do we rank on how we actually fund schools? How do we rank on the systems, the major systems and arteries of this country are not operated in a way that we can say Christ would have us do it this way? They're just not. So I don't want my kids learning a fantasy story about the country that we live in. I want them learning the reason why we are ranked far down the pipe in in the cost of insulin, for instance, right? How could, who would Jesus kill? Who would Jesus give a, a, a AK gun to? Like who would Jesus stop from having insulin? Which which one of his children does he thinks it's okay to drink? You're red acting red like and men don't have agency, though, Chris. No, no, no I, I mean, mean have, and I just want to. I know agency. we want to bring Ray in here, and I just want to say, uh, Lance, yeah, a, lot, a, a lot of that was. I, I think we have to be careful, and you, and you qualify as like, hey, I haven't uh, researched this, and and I agree, like this is really really important stuff, um, and this is why you know Americans in general don't know you know, enough about the world, about the history of the world. Yeah, and it, the it United feeds, States is so young. It feeds it's American so exceptionalism in a lot of different ways. It feeds American exceptionalism where we can we can say things and say, oh, this was the first and this was the first. And ultimately, what one, it's not, it's 200 years old. It's so not. it's not, right? Like we for us right. to think that no group of people organize themselves and govern themselves except for the past 200 years and by these group of founding frauds, right? Like, like there were other constitutions written and maybe this one was a, a unique way in how it was written, but it was not the first, um, religion at the end of the day, does it matter? It matters. How are the people most marginalized being served and supported? Are they, are they loved or are they despised? Right. This is why this is why we have teachers who come in and have contempt for students. Right. Instead of teaching content, they actually teach this kind of stuff with a little with a little bit of contempt for them as well, because they don't fit a a particular narrative. So I I just think it's really, really important, Um, particularly history, you know, and and this is coming from a former history teacher. So, yeah, some of that made me my, you know, my skin crawl a little bit. I'm like, oh, don't say that. Like, no, that's not true. You know, but uh, I mean, yeah, bro, I I just hey, right. Brother Raymond. But wait, 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 hold on a second, because we just talked like the crusades didn't like happen like like this stuff like some of the stuff and i get it and but i think what sharif was saying like some of the stuff you can go i've been to paris like you can see where like <laughs> the wars happen in the name of christianity like you can right. you can see the only thing that the british and the french and all these people could actually agree on was that they need to carve up africa like all that stuff was done in the name of christianity like this isn't even like hard to find lane this is like Oh wait 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 what what I, I was gonna use that argument against Chris. What are you? Oh. <laughs> well, you said you said I haven't, largest, I haven't got there yet. But the lar- you said the, lar- the largest export of Christianity. You said yeah. like the first to have like a constitution. Like there was just a okay. lot of things in there <laughs> in a, for a very young, a very very young country. Probably I'm talking country. like. Today, in terms of like today, no, we you are. said the first. You're not talking about today. No, you said hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me be more uh, specific so I'd be, I can be understood. What's more here. specific than first? You're right. I was. I said first written constitution. I'll check my source. I have. I have a source. I can send it to you. Um, but from what I understand, it was the first written constitution. Look it up. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But if I'm wrong, that's, we can deal with that. But the other thing I said about <laughs> the other thing I said about the largest export of Christianity. I, I mean, look, I don't think I have stats, but I do know that in terms of how many Christians are in this country compared to the rest of the world and how many like missionaries we send like today on this part I'm talking about today. You're right. The Crusades is what I was going to bring up, actually, as an example of like an inspired, not inspired by Chris's term, the in, what is it called? I'm sorry, the word, basically God's word. It, the Bible is God's word. Inerrant. Yet, the inerrant. Yeah. Does it have God's thumbprint on it, Chris, with all the crusades that happen in the name of that Bible, right? In the name of that word. Does it have, right. does it have, hold on, does it have God's thumbprint yeah. on it? When the, slave, when the slave owners were reading from the Bible to justify how harshly they treated their slaves and how slaves should remain remain subordinate to them. It just says it in the Bible. So like people used what I agree is a higher level. It's scripture. To me, it's not just inspired. The Bible is scripture. It is the word of God. And yet wicked men 
have used that word to perpetrate all these other evils mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in a similar way, not, maybe not to the same degree as like a country, but this is a country we're talking about over 200 years of history. Young, I get it in terms of country, but 200 years is plenty of time to do damage. And men have their agency, even if God did inspire them to do good, to, to like establish a government that protected the freedom of religion, that protected the freedom to speak and not be persecuted by a government. Do we have, do we have the freedom of those things? Yeah, do we have those things? Yeah, we things? do. Against our government, we have the freedom to speak. What are you talking about? We don't have freedom of speech? Are you trying to say that? Wait, do, we, do, we, do we have people that were killed uh, by the FBI and by, oh, yeah. uh, by their government? So, sure. You can they, bring up the examples yeah. of when it didn't work, and that's fair. That's fair. But over, but overall, <laughs> it is a... But, but those people... Yeah, let's do raise. We're going to do raise. Uh, I know you're doing that one. Uh, that one guy. It's a nation of the Senegalese brother in France. Yeah. No, look, we, okay. So you're trying to argue without freedom of speech because the FBI killed uh, the Black Panther. Okay. Did, 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 did Fred Hampton have freedom of speech? Fred, yeah. Fred Hampton. Uh, for all yeah, Fred no, that's Hampton a good example. Fred Hampton is a good example. Yeah. He did not. I mean, oh, he was killed. In speech. He was but that was, but yeah. that was unjust. I mean, but that, but you're talking about everybody I mean, knows. You're talking it. about in the, you're talking about in the six. No, not everybody knows it. Not well. I, okay. Yeah, not everybody knows it. But let's, we don't have to go. We don't have to go right that soon. Yeah. Like, if yeah. let's go closer to when this the document was actually written about freedom of speech for who. Who was that for? Like, we don't have to go all the way to the 1960s. Like, oh, yeah, they, you know, a couple of folks did something. No, the people who, who were inspired to write that, they were not talking about everybody. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, and that's what I mean. Like, it's the genesis. We don't have to go all the way to the now. But then they weren't we talking do. about everybody. But we do. Bring it. I mean, look, I'm looking at the context of it all. Like, mm -hmm. the, whole, the, big, the whole thing, the big picture. You're right that there have been exceptions, and that's unfortunate. It's, it's terrible. It's tragic. I don't know, like, a good enough word to explain how bad that is, that there were exceptions to that. I agree with you. But it is established in the Constitution that we have the right, the freedom uh, of religion shall not be infringed upon by the government. This Constitution has never meant the same thing like for that. different groups. They, it did is, it. they didn't. They didn't use the back then. That's the only. Yeah. That's the only thing. That <laughs> is the. That is the reason today why we can argue about these things. I think so clearly from different perspectives is that it has never meant the same thing for different people. I think for white Americans, they reflect on their Constitution and they reflect on their rules about how universal they are for everybody because universal to them means them. So if it covers them and covers all of them equally, they think a thing is universal, which is why in medicine, for instance, and Charles is on a, a healthcare board or whatnot, uh, when you have that kind of false universalism, it's why you have black people dying of certain diseases because they've never tested the medications on them or they've never thought about they feel pain differently or any of those type of things. So the universality of the Constitution, I get how white people believe that. I get how white America sees that and thinks it's this. these things are universal concepts. And how dare you attack universal? But universal means them. That has never we have always been in the parentheses as what Sharif is, is, is just said. We have always been the asterisk uh, um, freedom of speech, except for uh, a person who's enslaved can die on any day for saying the wrong thing to the wrong person in any part of the country. Right. Uh, freedom of speech that didn't just uh, end with Fred Hampton. That still continues today to be a thing where, you know, it, the cost can be very different for your so-called freedom of speech. Right. It's it, it, it. I get how beautiful of a concept America is to the people who have always benefited the most from it being a false universal concept, a concept for the whole world. But you travel the whole world and the victims of America and the domestic victims of America have quite a different idea about what this country is. And it definitely isn't something I align with my God, with Jesus. As a matter of fact, I don't think that God gives a damn about boundaries and lines and nationalities and nations. I actually really believe that the accuser wants us to divide into nationalism and, and nations and particulars and racial hierarchies and all of those things because it breaks up God's world and God's real premise and, and real plan. Um, but I can't say it any differently than this to say that's all my headstrong way of seeing the world. That's my opinion, which is why I support things like choice 
and different schools for different people. I don't think we all have to be in the same schools together. I don't think we all have to be learning the same lesson. Listen, we don't go to the same churches. So I don't know that we have to all go to the same school. All I'm saying is, as they're passing laws to try and blight our voice out and get rid of black authors and get rid of black books and make sure that we have that they ethnically cleanse and bleach all of the curriculum and all of the schools from the top down and that they have the power to do that because we are a white racial hierarchy in this country and they own every governor and they own all the state houses and they own Congress. They own every apparatus of power so that they can actually, if they wanted all black people to wear orange jumpsuits tomorrow, they could make it happen by law overnight. If we wanted all white people to wear orange jumpsuits tomorrow, we'd have absolutely no apparatus to make that happen. That's America. Right. So I want my kids educated about that reality so that they can be freedom fighters in the future. I don't want them um, weakened by the false universal sense that that we're trying to teach them now. But I get that that's me. I'm one guy. But these are my kids. And if every you know, if other people want to educate their kids differently, I want them to be able to have the opportunity to do that, too. Right. Like like that's why I support choice. (laughs) That's why I support school choice, for instance. Uh, so I could get my kids out of harm's way. Well, we're at the end. Uh, there you go. Let's do that. How you doing, Ray? That was my closing thought. So Breezy gave us his closing thoughts. Charles, thanks for holding it down. Fellas, thanks for holding it down. Lane, my oh, I held, I held absolutely nothing down, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I heard nothing. I heard, I heard, I heard. <laughs> uh, Lane, thanks for coming through, man. Appreciate the, appreciate this uh, this deep conversation. Uh, closing thoughts, though. Reef, we'll start with you. Hmm. Man, this was a... Uh... This is an interesting conversation. Um, and, and one, I would just say I appreciate, you know, us having a platform, um, you know, to be able to have conversations that we disagree on things uh, vehemently, but we can still actually have a discussion. Um, so one, I, I just appreciate that. I think um, two, I think there are different Americas. Um, there are different, Amer- very, very different Americas um, as far as, who uh, founding fathers are, who are looked at as the revolutionaries, who are looked at as the tyrants and the freedom fighters um, and all of that. And not only is that as a as a country um, with adults, but also as children and how our our children are being uh, raised and taught um, how they think about not only America, but their position globally. Um, What does it mean to actually have African civilizations that actually were creating stuff? And writing stuff and governing things and what that means to have a worldview that uh, centers black children in a different place and space um, beyond the confines of borders of this um, this land here um, so that they can have a, a worldview that's not always them being an afterthought or that they are just beneficiaries of civilization, but that they are. Uh, participants and their ancestors were were leaders and creators of of civilizations. And I think for me, um, all of this goes back to you know what are the paradigms that we uh, that we start with? What are the worldviews that we we have that we teach? Um, and you know what it what it all means? What does education and, and so forth um, you know mean? So thanks again. Glad to be here. Don't don't don't. All right, Charles, come through. Yeah. Uh, well, one Lane, thank you for being here. I I I do enjoy uh, chatting up with Lane, even though we vehemently disagree on some of this stuff. Um, I think that. Um, yeah, I just think he's just a super solid dude, and I do like the fact that we do have the freedom to have this conversation, and ain't nobody getting no appendages cut off after we leave that. I think to hmm. to concede a point to a uh, good brother Lane. I, I I agree though. I think I agree with what Chris was saying earlier and what Sharif just said. Like, I, and I think this is why you need choices and things in life. I think this is why you need liberty. Um, if somebody made me worship in a way that I didn't want to worship, it would be a real problem. And if somebody spewed that on my child in a public system, um, it would be a, it would be another problem. But that's why we have parochial schools. Um, that's why we have like institutions such as, you know, everything from BYU to uh, other like Christian schools and, and Muslim schools and, and, and everything in between. So, um, again, we can do all this stuff and, and, and post and talk and, and say everything and integrate this. And we all need to come together. But still, the most the most segregated, racially segregated day in this country has and will continue to be Sundays. 
in churches, in pews. And uh, and I think that that's somewhat needed in my community, because if I was forced to go to church with a bunch of white folks that did not have the historical background of uh, uh, things that we have kind of gone through and what we have come through or whatnot, it, I, I probably would have a very different outlook on things. So I'm grateful for Humanity Baptist Church. I'm grateful for my grandmother dragging me to church six out of seven days, my Lord. Right. But thank you, Ozetta Hooper. I hope you are looking down on this uh, conversation from heaven and hopefully don't haunt my dreams for not going to scripture more. <laughs> all right. Um, Lane. Uh, well, first of all, I'm honored to be on the eight black hands. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I know it's a little, uh, I got a little tense. Oh, man, that's probably, it's actually pretty normal, I think. But um, look, this country is not perfect. And it's not even close. We've had a lot of problems. Um, I believe that those problems come from corrupt men that interpret and act on what what is a good platform and they, they mess it up, right? I think that's essentially, like, I think that explains all the bad things that have been laid out here about this, this country. And there are a lot, and I'm, I'm not denying any of it. But I do believe that God ha- inspired that constitution, not just for this country, but for the world to help increase freedom of people across the world, the freedom of people to choose. And I think if anybody, I mean, I don't look again, I'm not a scholar, like a historical scholar. I'm not, I'm not any kind of scholar, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know everything about the world or the history, but I think, and I believe that if you look at the world today and you compare it to the world back when this constitution was written, I think it's pretty safe to say that we are more free today than we have ever been. Um, and, and I think that that is because God did inspire the Constitution of the United States of America. I don't think that favors our country over other countries. I think that all God loves, like I said earlier, God is no respecter of persons. But he did inspire that for his purposes. And that is to bring about the freedom of people, to increase the freedom of people. But men still have their agency. And we, uh, we always screw it up anyway. But I think we're making some progress. That's my, that's my piece. Yeah, thanks for that. So... You know, one one of the one of the reasons why this this conversation is so dope is because of the nuance of us being able to be black men and come and have this type of conversation and not necessarily land in the same spots, be able to land in different spots because I'm pretty sure that there's somebody in the audience that also is landing where others are landing, right? And so somebody's able to relate to that type of conversation that we're having right now. So uh to our fans, thank you guys so much for allowing us to 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 kind of uh, segue into conversations like this uh, and be brave about having conversations like this in our space, right? Uh, we super appreciate you guys. Lane, thank you for coming through and pulling up. Um, I know this wasn't the most comfortable of conversations, but um, we had it, right? And we got through it. And so thank you guys for uh, helping to navigate through this conversation. Fans, we love you. We'll see you guys next week. You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, Elmecki, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.